Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Lexus, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. The world is continually spinning in such crazy directions. Uh, no astronomers check us on that. And this is... Despite everything, this is one of our favorite parts of the week where we get to invite our fellow conspiracy realists on the air. We're going to have a very profoundly important mission critical update from an earlier listener. We're going to examine the Winchester Mansion, uh, famous or infamous for the story of its creation. We're going to visit a hotel of terror. But before we do any of that, we're going to dive into an old, true, confirmed conspiracy uh, from the world of the automotive, from uh, something we talked about uh, on a show called Car Stuff many years ago. But it's real. It's a real conspiracy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the uh, the old cheater box. I think that was what they called it. Uh, it was a uh, scandal that rocked the Volkswagen Corporation. You know, Germany's one of Germany's most famous exports and kind of mid-tier quirky cars, you know, that are kind of bubbly and uh, have little, remember those little stem things they used to have where you could put like a flower in it? Very popular amongst the teens, uh, at least when I was younger. You don't see them so much anymore. Uh, maybe you see golfs every now and then, but I'd certainly feel like since this uh, hit the news, you don't see quite as many as you used to. But that could just be confirmation bias. But 
Yeah. Uh, Volkswagen was found to have been systematically cheating on emission standards through the installation of these extra pieces of equipment in their vehicles, right? And again, it's called a cheater box. That was what the, the press referred to it as. And I think probably somebody in the industry uh, must, have, must have coined that term. But um, we have a bit of an update, or at the very least, a uh, another perspective after we did, a, I think, a replay of this classic episode recently. This comes from Post Eco Killer, who writes, So, I listened to the most recent throwback episode on VW's emissions scandal. It got me thinking on how easy it was for VW to cheat the system and how there was some backlash to what happened as some higher-ups did get jail time and huge fines. As a car enthusiast, I had been part of the car scene uh, since I was very young, starting with video games and into real life with uh, my first car, which was a pickup truck which my brother and I then gutted the catalytic converter uh, for to allow for more exhaust flow. <laughs> my latest vehicle, now deceased, a turbocharged Subaru Forester, was uh, also uh, catless, and I was easily able to pass emissions with a tuner module. That is up until emissions test places would physically look for cats under the car. How is it that this can be so easily done while tuning companies make bank off of this with no repercussions after only making a simple statement referring to their product as not street legal, uh, even though they know the majority of people use their product on streetcars all the time? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's as simple as toggling a switch in the program to shut sensors off that normally would state your car isn't burning clean. Interesting thought. Curious to hear back from you guys. Thanks, and y'all rock. Well, you rock too, uh, post-eco-killer. Um, I mean, this is a tale as old as time as far as, like, products that that are sold uh, with no repercussions under the guise of being, you know, let's say not for oral ingestion when it comes to certain types of clearly drugs that that are marketed as like incense or something. And there's some Mm. little line on the bag that says not to be consumed, but of course everyone's buying it and consuming it. Oh, like, uh, like frozen grape juice distributors during prohibition. Don't do the following things as they will create an alcoholic beverage. By any means, do not do the following three easily reproducible steps at home because you will accidentally create something illegal. Yeah, or like the wiggly guy on the side of a pill bottle saying, don't take this and operate heavy machinery. That's how you know those are the fun ones. Uh, Guys, can I just say something? When listening to that email and reading through with you there, Noel, I am so far out of my depth when it comes to understanding what types of products are being referenced here. So I've been over here just searching for catalytic converter modules and different things that I guess are post. Are there a ton? There's a lot of stuff out there that's being Ooh. that was is referenced here. And man, I don't even really understand what it's doing. It sounds like it's increasing. Tell me if I'm wrong. Increasing the pressure per square inch somehow in your engine system to where you're actually getting more horsepower out of your system. I think that's right. That's. I mean, I don't understand. That's one of them. That like, there's also. Perhaps more uh, efficacious, the more unethical life hack is to play with the onboard computer system 
that w- that would be what uh, emissions can check for, right? So you can, it's essentially, uh, there are things like, uh, oh, Freedom Performance LLC is a tuner manufacturer. Think of video games. Think of the Game Genie for old school video game consoles. Sure. Yeah. It's a hack. That it's like jailbreaking your car. <laughs> tries to get around the um, the EPA's Clean Air Act. Wait, wait. So this is through the CPU system? That's what we're so, talking about? Well, it's part of, of it is. But I think the question, Matt, is maybe you're asking as well, is like, how is this improving the quote-unquote performance of the vehicle? Oh, taking out the cap. Yeah. Is that the question? Yes, it is. Yeah. Like, is it making your vehicle faster? Is it improving acceleration or overall speed? I think it's like taking the governor off of the thing and, you know, but it's also making a burn much dirtier. It's kind of like, okay, this is going to be really controversial. It's kind of like putting a face mask on your car's exhaust. It's uh, if you remove the cat, uh, the catalytic converter, then the engine can develop more power. It's also going to be, uh, it's also going to be much louder. Oh, okay. I, I'm the stuff I'm seeing online, guys. It makes it. It seems as though it is a serious problem for carbon emissions because on the on Motordyne or MotordyneEngineering.com, you can buy this thing called a catalytic converter module for long tube headers. And it states specifically below here in red lettering, due to carb regulations, this item not sold, shipped to California. Also, no international shipping. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is like the thing is, okay, the catalytic converter is a good obstacle between your car's engine and the world entire. When you (laughs) entire, whatever, I'm here all day. Uh, When you remove the catalytic converter, what you're doing is letting exhaust leave the engine much more quickly with no with a one less barrier that increases your horsepower yes horsepower is a cartoonish metric i'm saving that for a uh, ridiculous history episode in the future (laughs) uh but the uh the issue is that other people exist on the planet and they want to breathe and if you if you are not concerned about that then you can make your one vehicle really get some get some English on it, get a lot of power to it. And presumably, you know, in controlled environments, like maybe stock car races, I, I would assume that those cars have been modified in such a way that, that they would get the maximum torque or horsepower, but also are probably a little more on the polluty side. Well, they're not street legal. Is That's what thing. I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think this is like, you know, I mean, drag racing is illegal, but I mean, you know, racing on a track, while it is an open air track, you know, uh, it's still pumping that stuff out into the atmosphere. Uh, it's not technically the street. Um, I, I do think that's interesting. Um, and Ben, um, back to pick your car stuff brain, aren't catalytic converters often stolen Because they have, like, precious metals in them or something, or Mm -hmm. they can be, like, you know, disassembled and and stripped. Yeah, chop shop prices, a single catalytic converter is going to run you about 800 to 1200. So if you are in that unenviable situation where you're selling recreational scrap, uh, 
do try to get above 800 bucks. Uh, the number probably is a little higher now, but last I checked, yeah, that's why, that's why chop shops exist. Mm-hmm. You make a lot more money selling the body parts of the car than the car entire. I got to yeah. stop saying entire. It's no, crazy. <laughs> keep keep it up. Keep it going. Yeah. I just Googled it real quick too, just to, to add that they do contain platinum, palladium, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. rhodium. Yep. Um, so you can actually get a couple hundred bucks just for the like precious metals alone. Bonus points if you uh, get a cat from a hybrid vehicle. Mm. Stay away I from did. my Camry. <laughs> How come no one's saying Camry, Camry, Camry? Sorry, that was a Larry David thing. I did Google um, this case. I was wondering if there were any additional updates. Uh, and there was a piece published back in May of this year, uh, former Audi chief to plead guilty in emissions scandal. Uh, Rupert Stadler, a former member of Volkswagen's management board, would be the highest ranking executive to confess wrongdoing in a case that rocked the industry. Uh, and it does look that he is potentially going to get a plea uh, with a suspended sentence of still up to two years um, in exchange for a full confession and payment individually of a fine of 1.1 1, uh, um, million euros, which is about $1.2 million. And uh, uh, yeah. Wasn't that fraud by negligence? Isn't that just, hey guys, I messed up because I wasn't paying attention. Don't put me in jail. <laughs> He's been on trial since September of 2020. And yes, yes, fraud by negligence. That's interesting. How do you, I always thought fraud implied intention. So can you, I guess you could accidentally be fraudulent. You know, but that doesn't seem like this. It's true to the spirit of the word. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think know. there's a, I think there's in practice a net worth threshold for being able to plead fraud by negligence. Exactly. Yeah. But anywho, um, thanks for the info. This is totally not my wheelhouse. Huh? Well, worth yeah. it. Entirely to leave worth now. it. Uh, no, but this is interesting information. And again, this does go back to so many loopholes around products, right? Like radar detectors. You know, you're not supposed to use radar detectors to figure out where cops are so that you can avoid them. You know, it's, it's, it's just not its intended purpose, at least on paper, when they're selling it to you. But it's, of course, the only thing anyone's going to use it for. And there's, you know, laundry lists of products like that. This one just seems to be real bad for the environment. Yeah, but the the cars sound so loud when they're driving around near your house. They're just so loud. <laughs> I don't love it, but, you know, it's good to have interests. <laughs> and, hey, <laughs> we do appreciate the inside information uh, post-eco-killer, and hopefully you're not just hot-dogging around town and waking up old ladies with your with your loud, catless car. Um, if you are, shame on you. Um, but uh, we still like you. Oh, yeah. I I would just say I have some friends who are good at this and tune their vehicles and know how to do all that stuff. I respect the hell out of that. For me, having a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Having a conversation with somebody like that is like having a conversation with an extremely talented guitarist that knows gear. Right. And just this is my, my only way into it. As a drummer, I don't know a lot of the stuff. I don't understand it. I can sit there and have a conversation with somebody about it, but most everything flies over my head 
And it's the same case with this kind of tech on a vehicle. Or it's just the kind go, of stuff you got to be immersed in. You can't just intuitively find your way into it. You can, you can kind of get the basics like we, like you and I just did. Uh, and then we're graciously assisted by Ben, who is much more immersed in this world. But um, to really, truly understand this stuff, it, it, it to me, is it requires years of, you know, practice and just like really learning the language and being able to kind of internalize it and i respect the hell out of people that can do stuff like that you guys have anything else Mm -mm. cool well let's pop on to a commercial break when we hear a word from our sponsor uh and then we'll be back with some more messages from you witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. And we have returned. Guys, I wanted to do this in this week's strange news. I mentioned a UFO dogfight story. That came mm-hmm. to us via an email from Victoria, who sent mm-hmm. us two links. Uh, so thank you. Shout out to you, Victoria, for putting us on to that, uh, at least mention that we had in this week's episode. Mm-hmm. But going on, we're going to give a shout out to Chuck, who sent us this voicemail. Hey, uh, this is Chuck from Springfield, Missouri. If you Google Hotel of Terror, Springfield, Missouri, 
then you'll get a good idea of what eminent domain can be and how citizens can get together and defeat it. So Hotel Terror, Springfield, Missouri. It's a really good example of eminent domain. Have a good day, Ben. Nice. Uh, yeah, the government can take your stuff. Well, this is a really good concrete example of what can happen if you decide you want to fight back and say, guess what? No, you can't just have my stuff because you want your creek to be daylit, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I haven't heard of this. I haven't heard of this, Matt. I'm so glad someone called in. Like, a Hotel of Terror also automatically is going to make a lot of us listening this evening think of, like amusement park rides, but this is a real hotel, right? This is a place where people can pay money to sleep for a night. It is not a real hotel. What? This is a, this is an attraction like Netherworld or what, you know, one of those uh, things that is open seasonally where you can go. Uh, okay. It's owned by a person named Sterling Mathis. It is a building there in downtown Springfield, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And guys, this is really, really cool. Okay, I'm going to start with a story from OzarksFirst.com. Comes to us from February 21st, 2023. Here's the title. City Council Unanimously Invokes Eminent Domain for Hotel of Terror. Now, this is a, this is a big deal, right? This is a situation that had been ongoing for years at this point, I believe it was 2019 when the whole situation started, when basically, you know, the city said, hey, we really we need all of this land. We're going to buy most of it up. We're going to eminent domain some of it if we have to, because we want to literally, like I said, daylight this creek that runs through this part of Springfield. Um, and we talked about daylighting a creek before a little bit like this, because remember, there was. I can't remember the story that we talked about it in, but there is a situation oh, where in a, Springfield Vampire Tunnel, Missouri. Oh, and, and in Springfield, yeah. Missouri, right? I think uh, yeah. this is the same tunnel. I think this is all related to that, guys. Nice. I, in a weird way. It's a Black Mirror episode that we're all in. And uh, Ben, I'm sorry, but you are played by the actor Ben Bolin. He has, uh, he has commissioned his face to play you in this level. Can I be Zach? Galifianakis. <laughs> no, you're the actor. You're, you're the actor, Noel Brown. I'm sorry. Ah, I see. I see. Well, I, I got to say, okay, let's just, in the interest of intellectual honesty, Gary Oldman, we want to thank you for playing Matt Frederick for lo these many years. You do fantastic work. Uh, don't know how you fit the show in your schedule. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Sorry, guys. This is a little <laughs> weird roundabout way to talk about Black Mirror season six. It's awesome. Okay. Um, but daylighting this creek, because in a city center like that, you can build over a creek, basically, right? With concrete right. and steel and all of that stuff. Yeah. I think the attempt here is to daylight the thing, bring it back to where it is a creek again, where you can see the water and make a green space around it. Hence, needing to buy up all the property. So Springfield decided, hey, we're going to eminent domain this thing. They go through the whole process. At this point in February 2023, it has been four years since the process began. They offered Mathis around $200,000 initially at that time for this property. Mathis came back and said, well, okay, I'm not against you buying this property. 
right? Or eminent domaining this property, taking it from me, as long as you compensate me for what I need to do to continue my business, because this is a business that I run. He said, I need, I need somewhere between one and $2 million. I think I've seen it quoted a couple of places, 1.5 to $2 million to fully re- relocate this business because it is a haunted attraction kind of thing where most of most of the things that exist within that building were, you know, either handmade or custom fitted to that building itself, right? That's a lot of labor. That's a lot of cost to start up in a whole other place in like mm-hmm. a two or three or more story building like this one is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then basically... Springfield said, well, no, we're going to move forward. We're going to, we're going to fully do our eminent domain thing. And we'll, we'll give you a fair value price or whatever the heck that term was. Remember that we went over? Yeah. Determined by whom though? Oh boy. Okay. Right. Fair market value. Right. Yes. So Mathis, the owner of this property and a bunch of other folks from Springfield got together and they created a petition because all you have to do guys to beat an eminent domain and this sounds really hopeful because <laughs> we've got a good example of it right now is get 10% of the voting public in that district or that area, that city that you're in and get them to tell you, no, you cannot eminent domain this place. We petition, we, we petition you to not take that action. Mm. Unless we're talking cop city, then it doesn't. Uh, mm, there you go. Then it won't work. Well, you're referring to the fact that they, someone tried to create a petition to get it off the ballot or to make it be voted on, and the city keeps throwing it out. So there's always some kind of loophole for these kinds of things, but I hope not in this case. Well, in this case, I linked to the petition there in our doc, guys, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was on change.org, and it received over 1,400 signatures, I think, believe 1,481 signatures, but signatures from somebody online don't matter. You have to get the signatures of individuals who live in that district that can vote, right? Hmm. Or live in that area that can vote. And they did it. They freaking did it. They got enough signatures. And I'm going to give you another story here from Springfield Daily Citizen, posted on May 9th, 2023. Springfield City Council repeals eminent domain on Hotel of Terror. They voted nine to zero to repeal the ordinance. Yes. Nice. Yes. Good job, Springfield. That's great. And it's, it says, quote, in doing so, the city government avoids having a referendum election. That story, by the way, written by Jack McGee. Uh, it's, it's just a really cool story. It's really, really cool. There's a ton more that we can go into here just about how it kind of functions and what the Hotel of Terror means for a lot of the local people there. Because it is, it's a prominent looking building. Do you guys see anywhere a picture of the hotel itself? Yeah, it's in the uh, Springfield Daily Citizen that you that yeah. you sent earlier. Yeah. How would you describe that building? Oh, uh, well, it is clearly labeled Hotel of Terror, and the O's have uh, some, some symbols inside of the empty space of the O. There's clearly painted on blood. It's a three-story building, uh, rectangular Looks like a possible garage entrance or bricked over. There's a bank of uh, eight bricked over or plywood over windows. It's it's mm-hmm. clearly designed to be the Hotel of Terror. Exactly. Unless that's real blood. Is that real blood? It looks like paint. Oh, I hope it's paint. Guys, <laughs> I, think, I think this hotel 
is really close to where those tunnels are. I'm looking at even a like map. A, like a secret passage. I may be wrong. Chuck, you, you should write to us again or anybody that lives in Springfield, Missouri. How close is this to those purported vampire tunnels? Because I'm getting such deja vu looking at the overhead map mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness. Jordan Creek, right? Jordan Creek is what the Europeans called it. That's the area. Um, that's the water system that runs beneath modern day Springfield. Whoa. This is really cool. Uh, oh, well, I'll tell you another thing. Just if you are interested in supporting Hotel of Terror, it looks like they are not going to be active this 2023 season. I called the number and didn't get an answer there, and their voicemail was uh, full. So you should check on that if you run the Hotel of Terror, unless it's just going away. Maybe it's going away. There is a second location that the same owner has, a place called Dungeons of Doom. Mm. And guys... This place, it's in an industrial area, and it looks like, it reminds me of the second season of True Detective, that kind of industrial, mm-hmm. I don't know, spookiness Neon that they kind of get. kind of Nicholas Winding Refn vibes, you know? Yeah, like there's some loading docks all in this area, but then there's also a haunted house inside the loading docks or something. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool indeed. Yeah, love, I love those kind of settings. Let somebody shoot something there, guys. Oh, yes. Maybe. Oh, last thing. I reached out to the Springfield Daily Citizen because that last update was from last month. And they said there are no other updates as of this time. But that's it, I guess, for this story, guys. It is a really short one, but uh, just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. You can beat Eminent Domain. You just really got to rally the troops and hope that you've got some good people on a council. Yeah, it's possible to fight City Hall. You don't always win, but you got to try. And, and Ben, back to your point, shout out to Mariah Parker, a.k.a. Lingua Franca, friend of the show, who is doing this uh, act that we talked about, filing this petition to stop Cop City and being a very uh, important part of that movement uh, right here in Atlanta. If you don't mind, guys, let's leave with a quote from the owner of Hotel of Terror. Quote, I'm not opposed to moving. I'm opposed to going bankrupt. Would anybody here on this panel want to sell their house for $10,000? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that statement. Just being made at a, at a meeting like that. That's pretty incredible. All right. Well, that's it for this one. Thank you so much, Chuck. And we'll be right back with more messages from you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. And we have returned. We are going to give a uh, very profound thank you to Devin Dominigu. Uh, Devin writes in to say the following, Howdy. First, I'd like to say thank you for such a cool podcast. Yours is what got me into enjoying podcasts, and I am a frequent listener. Thank you, Devin. I am a very analytical thinker and love to know why things happen and conspire as to what other theories are out there. Second, I thought it would be fun if you all did an episode about the Winchester Mystery House. We all know about this one, right, guys? Oh, yes. Don't go mad and build a house that is nuts. <laughs> Literally <laughs> crazy <nuts>. house. <laughs> it's, it's got all the passages and stuff, right? Wasn't there kind of a middling PG-13 horror movie made around it in the last handful of years? I believe there was. I imagine there are many, uh, many spins on this. Devin continues, the man who invented the 1873 Winchester repeating rifle built a house with his wife. He died in battle and she continued to live there. She was convinced that she was being haunted by the souls of those which the repeating rifle had killed as punishment for her husband making such a deadly weapon. Her spiritual shrink slash priest slash etc. told her that $2.25 was an absolutely reasonable amount to pay for a quesadilla. Kidding. Uh, her spiritual shrink slash priest slash etc. told her that to get rid of these spirits, they need to be confused or driven out by noise. She followed his advice. And from that time until her death, she always had her house being built on. And added to, the noise from the construction was so loud it was said to drive the spirits away and here's where it gets crazy. She took a step further and had them build the house in a way that did not make any sense. Staircases that led to nowhere. Doors that opened and dropped ten feet into the kitchen. Corridors that were a labyrinth. A safe filled with four safes inside of it in the ballroom, all caps. A bunch of crazy things. Her house was literally an architectural maze. She wanted the spirits to be so confused in the house that they would not have the time to haunt her. 
There's more to this story, says Devin, but I thought you guys would get a kick out of this house. Pictures online show the house's crazy anatomy, and there's more to the safes within a safe story. The Winchester's inability to have children and other stuff. Love your show. Can't wait to hear back about what you think. Thanks and gig'em. G-I-G apostrophe E-M. I'm going to start using that. Is that, a, is that an Australian term? I don't know, but I like it. I like the sound of it. Yeah, I hope it's not a crazy code word or dog whistle for something. You know, we're not we're not trying to assist Cthulhu here. I'll find out soon enough because I'm just going to be blasting this one out willy-nilly. Yeah, it's going to be your thing. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to make a new thing. Um, yeah, there was a movie, Winchester, uh, starring Dame Helen Mirren and uh, Sarah Snook. Uh, I think uh, uh, my personal TV crush from uh, Succession, Shiv the Shiv. Uh, it did not get very good reviews, though. I didn't see it, but um, it, it does appear that they're adding uh, some ghostly elements to what is largely a, a architectural oddity. But I do think it's interesting, the idea that someone would think that the spirits would be confused by stairs. Like, is that how sp- who, who decided that's how spirits work? You know, well, that's a ancient. Uh, I think the reason the the speculation or the urban legend builds so well is that the idea of using architecture or geography to mislead or uh, to stymie or confuse supernatural entities is very, very old. As a matter of fact, you know, pre-human beings, there's a, there's a, not a hundred percent, but there's a pretty convincing argument that that's how burial started. You know what I mean? Put them in the ground, put some rocks over them in case they come back and they're pissed. You know, so uh, so like it makes sense thematically, narratively, Joseph Campbell style that we would um, we would see the human species continuing these things today. Devin, this is important because you need to know that a lot of the rumors about Sarah Winchester are absolute gobbledygook. They're absolute character assassination to some degree. It's kind of like uh, Elizabeth Bathory probably didn't really kill a bunch of young women and bathe in their blood because think about the temperature. No one thinks about the temperature at which blood clots. Do you know how? mm, Anyway, the technology wasn't really there. Yeah, it's part of some of what we talked about with Gilbert King about how, you know, it's it's so easy to get things wrong um, in headlines these days with the whole race to be first to market with ideas on the Internet. And uh, nobody really reads the retraction. So it's all this character assassination that you're talking about, Ben, that goes back generations. It just kind of becomes the lore because it's the most interesting part of the story, even if it's like the least true part of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Noel, because for... For a long time, it started way before stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, Critics of discourse in media have pointed out that retractions are often ignored. And and I want to shout out you, Matt, for a a beautiful thing. I think it came out last week. You mentioned the context is key uh, when you talked about the three human heads headline right found uh put on a co-worker's desk uh and that's a that's a perfect example please listen back to um i believe it was our listener mail segment from the previous week to hear more about what we're talking about let's also explore the winchester mansion part of the story is true part of the story you've heard here is true sarah winchester was the widow and inheritor heiress of the winchester rifle fortune There is a real Winchester mansion 
It is a tourist destination on the West Coast of the United States, and they lean into the ghost stuff so hard. It's Right now, it's like 24,000 square feet, seven stories, uh, hundreds and hundreds of rooms. I can't remember how many. Even more doors, doors in crazy places, to Noel's point, uh, lots of stairways, lots of fireplaces in spots where a human would not normally anticipate a stairway or a fireplace. And this legend tells us that Sarah Winchester, upon advice of a psychic, spent almost 40, uh, 40 years, 38 years, building constantly, 24-7, uh, because she was worried that if she stopped building, the ghost would come for her. However, uh, it's, there, are, there, are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of problems with this story because it it dates back really to the early construction, the windows. Okay. A lot of the windows, and there are thousands of windows in this thing. They're not regular poor people, non arms dealer, heiress glass. (laughs) Yeah. They're Tiffany and co they're stained glass. We love stained glass on this show. And <laughs> incredible parquet floors and stuff, too. Just like all of the bespoke features of this house in and of themselves are fascinating and just beautiful craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of spooky stuff about the windows. It turns out most of that, if you look at the historical record, is incorrect. Here's what happens this person, Sarah Winchester, she marries a guy named William, William Winchester. William dies, not by his own invention, which would be, you know, a nice little bookend historically. He dies of tuberculosis in 1881, a very real and dangerous thing. He leaves her uh, $3,600,000. And on top of that, she gets a little less than $8,000 a year just off the stocks. Because, you know, if you're very wealthy, you don't have to really do anything. You just live off the interest, right? You live off other people's labor. Uh, So, They were living in Boston at the time. He dies, tuberculosis. Sarah visits a psychic guy named Adam Coombs. And Adam is the one who says the Winchester family is cursed AF, no cap. Uh, You know what I mean? On God, et cetera. And the only way to keep the spirits at bay, Adam says, is to build this thing, make this quagmire of a house and never, ever, ever stop. Here's the plot twist. If you look at the work of the historians, then you learn that Adam Coons, this psychic, is made up. A author named Susie Smith made up this psychic, Adam Coons, for a book called Prominent American Ghost. And she sort of expanded on uh, Winchester's alleged obsession with the paranormal. That is some creative license right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little, bit, little bit of freestyle, a little bit of sway in the morning on that one. Mm. Yeah, uh, so, so the word on the street is that apparently Winchester liked being her own architect. She also had multiple homes because she was very well to do. She wasn't a trained architect. She was kind of going off vibes, you know, like Elon Musk with running Twitter, just what feels good in the moment, you know? And the 
construction, therefore, was trying to take one person's fluid brainstorming and create from it a concrete structure. So there are a lot of remodels halfway through. There are a lot of changes. And the idea here is that she just kept going with it. And the entire time, also in her defense, her real name is probably Sally, not Sarah, by the way. Uh, in her defense, she was a philanthropist for the rest of her life, for those 38 years. She wasn't just a crazy woman running from ghosts. And there's a lot of misogyny that is wrapped up in this modern myth. Yeah, I can see that. Ben, I have been perusing the official WinchesterMysteryHouse.com where you That's can go book your... There. Yeah, good timeline. And you can book your wedding. Wouldn't that be fun? If you want to get that married, fun. you can do it at the win- the mystery house. And I guess you can also just have a group tour. That's pretty cool. Uh, okay, so it says here that it cost around $5 million total in 1923 to build this thing, which if we put that in the old inflation calculator, how much would it be in 2023 dollars? Ooh, let's let's pull the inflation calculator and check it out. Can we get some boops? And a boop. And a boop. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Hey, there we Give are. Another boop. There we are. Uh, Five million in 1923. As of now, while we're recording June 21st, 2023, is 87 million eight hundred nine thousand seven hundred sixty-three dollars and thirty-one cents. So this is not this is not just like a one and done fun weekend. It's not a mansion. This is something else. <laughs> right. Ben, you mentioned some unusual construction of the windows, despite them being like highly decorated and, and bespoke. Was there some material that was meant to like block out sort of theoretically block out spirits or keep them from entering? You know, that's a great question, though. To my knowledge, again, this might be a, a full episode in the future to my knowledge that was not a real world calculation at the time of construction but i would not be surprised if modern myth makers have portrayed it as such that's the problem it, it just reminded me of there's a community of uh, i guess roma people that live mm, uh, mm-hmm. near where i grew up in augusta georgia called the the travelers, or I guess travelers, yeah. And when they build a new house, they live behind that house in a trailer yes. for like a year, and they cover the windows with uh, aluminum foil. The legend is, or the the, the the scuttlebutt is, you know, not hearing directly from these folks because they don't really talk to people, is that they're doing that to to kind of exercise or cleanse the house or keep spirits from going in there, and that's why they don't occupy it for a full year. Um, it's it's just it's interesting yet. Where do people come up with, this is definitely what works. Yeah, stairways <laughs> to nowhere and tinfoil on the windows, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you mentioned the travelers, too. Uh, there are so many communities that do not have a real representation right, in mainstream discourse. And as a result, much like Widow Winchester, their stories are misrepresented. And that's what's happening here. That's what's happening with the Winchester mansion. Devin, dude, not Devin the dude. Also cool if you like hip hop. Uh, Devin, you gotta, we have to realize that what's happening here is a bit of a grift. The people who are charging tickets for the Winchester mansion probably do know 
the reality of the story, and they are leaning into the narrative that makes sense from a business perspective. That doesn't make these people bad. They're not letting anyone harm themselves on the site. They're not villains, but we need to be uh, we need to be skeptical consumers of information. Oh, oh! To that point, Ben, and I'm sure you know this. Um, it was Harry Houdini's visit to the property that ended up dubbing it the Winchester Mystery House because you know he he was a big debunker. That was something that he was famous for doing figuring out how magicians do their tricks or uh, debunking um, psychics. Like he he was really anti-psychic and Mm -hmm. he went uh, and apparently, well, at least again, this is all marketing material. According to the timeline on the Winchester mystery house site, he left with more questions than answers. And, but at least at the very least, he did refer to it in the press as the mystery house. And it was in 1930 or the 1930s that they rebranded it. The Winchester Mm -hmm. mystery house. Mm, yeah, and she got some, she got a lot of hit pieces because we have to understand this is a one percenter at the time, in the time of her life. She also went by Sally for most of her life. So Sarah to the, uh, Sarah to the press, Sally to the friends, and people just treated her incredibly unfairly. Uh, she was very reclusive. She did not have the inclination to respond to the court of public opinion. And let's let's leave it there for now. We've spoiled the Winchester mystery house, right? We're, but there is something more mysterious going on here. It's, um, it's the dilemma of who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And I think we, I, I think we could say that without getting sued. <laughs> Matt's shaking his head. Matt's like, oh, legal coming after us. I just couldn't believe you said it without, you know, the cadence. We're getting around it. We're getting around it, man. (laughs) So so, uh, speaking of getting around, we want to thank all of our fellow conspiracy realists who get around the world, get around such interesting adventures and misadventures, and take the time to be part of our show. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you so much for writing in. Thank you so much for uh, playing with the Ouija board. And sorry about that, John. I've got something for you. Wait, Ben. Gigum. Gigum. Etymology of Gigum. Let's do it. It originates from Texas A&M University. And those who have attended that university since 1930, apparently, or something Mm. like that, uh, Mm -hmm. because it was a phrase that was yelled out. And it is associated also with a thumbs up with a right hand to show off your Texas A&M, I guess, uh, class ring or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what gigam means. It's not Australian. Sorry about that. I'm silly. Kind of like no. uh, giggity in the, the Family Guy universe, right? Mm, yeah. No. I, More I like a, there's a couple there's a couple of these regional things like um, Roll Tide. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Football-y associations, but like, even like fun words like, uh, like hoo-ah. Isn't that a thing? Like in the military? Or, uh, it is. The, yeah, in, in the Marines, I want to say. And then there's one uh, that's they, they say in in um, um, New Orleans a lot. Uh, hmm. What is that one? Uh, Maine definitely has down cellar. Uh, Whoa, which, what? That's what you mean. Down cellar. Yeah. You go down into the cellar. That just happens so often in that part of the world that it becomes a, a statement. But what about New oh. Orleans? Oh, oh who dat? Who dat? Oh, yeah, yeah, Houdat, indeed, mm, Houdat. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of Houdat, we'll end with this. We have a mission-critical update 
from um, a nemesis of ours in the Southern Hemisphere. You may recognize this person or this entity uh, from earlier abusive correspondence they sent to us. Nobby Hood writes in to say, massive correction, it's actually Nobbin Hood. Get it? It's like a Robin Hood plus a joke. Mm -hmm. Got it. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, That's what we're here for, the issues of the evening. And we hope that you will join us here in our continuing mission to explore the stuff they don't want you to know just off the edges of the map. You can contact us. We are everywhere online until, of course, obviously, Imminent domain applies to podcast. Oh, can't wait for the day. Uh, you can find us at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram and TikTok. You can call our number, 1-833-STDWYTK. It's a voicemail system. Three minutes you've got. Say whatever you'd like. Give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your message and voice on the air. Nobbin Hood, hope you read all the sarcasm in those messages that we just sent out your way. Uh, Took us a while to read yours, but once we did, (laughs) we were fully on board. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Hey, if you don't like voicemail or any of that other stuff, why don't you send us an email? We read every single piece of correspondence that comes in. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 